I do that thing that almost all of us do, which is I'm surprised by the passage of time. I'll constantly be saying things like, I can't believe it's already Friday, or I can't believe it's already Advent, or I can't believe it's already November, or I can't believe I've been in COVID for 21 months, or I can't believe I've been at Assumption for two and a half years, or I can't believe I've been a priest for four and a half years, or I can't believe it's been 11 and a half years since I graduated college, so on and so forth. Time passes. We know that time passes. We're taught how to tell time in kindergarten. And yet we are constantly surprised by the fact that time passes. We have moments of awareness where we say, oh, right, and you kind of catch yourself and you put things in perspective. Why is this? Well, it's because, at least speaking for myself, and I assume for most of us, so often we are focused on a near-term goal. Sometimes near-term means in a week, or sometimes it means in a year, but we're focused on a near-term goal, something we're trying to achieve. So, for example, yesterday I had a wedding, and weddings are just extra preparation during the week. It becomes a little bit stressful because there's this other thing on my calendar. They're beautiful, of course, but more things I have to do. And so I say, well, as long as I can just get through that wedding, then everything will be fine. But by the time we hit the wedding, then suddenly it's like, well, there are two funerals on Tuesday. And so I'm like, well, now as long as I can get through the funerals, everything will be fine. And I'm constantly putting this goal ahead of me that says, as long as I can get to this point, then, and then fill in the blank, then I can finally live my life, or then I can finally relax, or then, and ultimately what I'm saying, then I can finally be happy. I imagine many of us do this. We're taught to do it as kids. Oh, I'm looking forward to my eighth grade graduation, or my high school graduation, or my college graduation, or once I finally have a job, or once I finally have a spouse, or once I finally have a house. We're trained to say we can't live life, we can't enjoy the things that we have until we've reached this milestone. And because we're constantly looking forward to a near-term milestone, we never appreciate the moment. We're always looking to the future and never living in the moment. And that looking to the future is why we're so surprised by the passage of time. Because we're constantly grasping for something that we never achieve. And we grasp and we grasp and we grasp until we finally have those moments of clarity, those moments of recollection, where we say, oh wait, I've been doing all of this grasping and I haven't been appreciating the moment. I haven't seen the life that I'm living. I think this is what the Lord is talking about when he says, beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. When I was in college, I saw in the lives of others what it looked like to live from to have the drowsiness of carousing and drunkenness. There were plenty of people who just lived party to party or experience to experience. They would do their work, that's fine, they'd get through their classes, but really they were living for the Friday night or the Saturday night. They were living for the next experience. And I could see how that was causing their life to not have meaning, how it was just kind of this hedonism that would become quite shallow. But the Lord includes in this phrase, and the anxieties of daily life. And I'm forced to confront the fact that 
living from deadline to deadline is not much better. We're both doing the same thing, where we're not living in the moment, we're always looking for the next thing, the next high, the next hit, whatever you want to call it. The problem with this is that the Lord lives in moments and horizons. We can't experience, encounter, or walk with the Lord in some abstract near-term future. That's not where the Lord lives. He lives in constant conversation with our humanity. He lives constantly with us and in us and next to us. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but that indwelling is now, not soon. If we can't pull ourselves away from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, it's going to be very hard for us to be part of that conversation with the Lord. He is speaking through our present and current experiences. He is speaking through our present and current relationships. He is speaking through the joys and the struggles of daily life. That's what he's speaking to. But if we're not living in, attentive to the moment, if we're only living for the future, we can't walk with the Lord. He also lives in horizons. So these moments of recollection that I talk about, a lot of times those happen not when we're necessarily focused on the present moment, but when we pause and look at the greater things of life. When we contemplate things like the meaning of our life, when we contemplate who we are and who we were created to be, when we contemplate the mysteries of our faith and the immensity and transcendence and imminence of God. When we do these things, these broad things that expand our mind, expand our horizons, it is also in those things that we experience the Lord, in the mystery, in the incredible truths that just transcend everything we've experienced. In these moments of broadening, we also experience the Lord. But you'll notice the two places we experience the Lord are on either side of our near-term future. We experience him in the present, in the moment. We also experience him in the grandeur and the greatness and the breadth. We have to have moments in our lives where we do those two things. We have to have moments with ourselves, with the Lord, and with others. These are moments of encounter. We also have to have moments of what I would call prayer or reflection or contemplation. These are the two places where we meet the Lord. My concern, and I share this concern with almost every other pastoral minister in the United States today, my concern is that the way we have structured society, the way we have been taught as children and continue to teach our children, is that we do not set people up to, we don't train them to live in the moments or to take time to broaden the horizon. We don't do it. We don't live it. It's not inbuilt in our society. We are taught to be deadline-driven, to be full of activity, to be anxious about the next thing, to be asking about the future, to be asking about the next goal. Makes sense from a business perspective. Obviously, businesses do need to be looking at the near-term future in order to make sure that they grow and succeed. But we're not businesses. We're human beings, and we can't let 
the capitalistic society determine our humanity. Our humanity lives in the moments and in the horizons. Most first Sundays of Advent, this is my fifth, so the previous four, I usually go on a mini rant about the way we celebrate Christmas in this country and how it's commercialist and how it doesn't give us Advent. And I realized this year that's not particularly helpful. I'm mentioning all of these things. One, they connect to the gospel. But two, because I want you to understand my concern. No matter how you celebrate Advent, maybe you put your tree up on October 31st, whatever, I don't care. My concern is that we don't have places where we can recollect. We don't have times and spaces where we can open ourselves to the moment and to the horizon. Advent is supposed to be that in the life of the church. We have this spiritual dynamic where, yeah, we do live life, but then we're given seasons, specifically Advent and Lent, which are seasons of recollection. And because of the way society lives out Christmas and commercialism and where we're focused on having to buy all the presents and host the parties and everything else, we've lost that period of recollection. But again, I don't actually care. Like, I don't, I don't care about December and Christmas music on the radio and whatever. I care about your souls, and I care about your ability to experience the Lord. And so, however you celebrate December, I want to make sure you have places in your life where you can recollect. Maybe it's not this month. Maybe the way things are structured, you can't actually use Advent as that time. That's fine. But have a plan. Know what your plan is to recenter yourself on the moment. To have moments of experience with the Lord and each other. And to have moments of contemplation and recollection. Because as a human being, you desperately need that. You need that to be happy. You need that to be in relationship with the Lord. And you have to build it in somewhere. If it's not this month, it has to be somewhere. If you do want to make steps this month to try to use Advent in that way, I have two suggestions. The first is that the the spirituality of Advent is a spirituality of longing and waiting. That's what we're doing. Now, in these first two weeks, we are longing and waiting for the second coming of the Lord whom we love. And then the next two weeks, we're longing and waiting, along with the Jewish people, for the first coming of the Lord, remembering what it was like before God became man. You can build in longing and waiting a day at a time. So maybe it's your custom to put the tree up on November 1st. Next year, would you be willing to wait until after Thanksgiving? Enter into some period of longing and waiting, whatever that makes sense for you. Or, as I've been pushing more and more people recently, see if you can delay some of the celebrations until December 17th, where we have that that hard turn in Advent toward the Christmas preparation and focus. Maybe there are some things that can be put in that period, where we're using the first part of December longing and waiting. Or maybe not. Maybe there's some other way you can long and wait for something. Maybe as you wait for your family to come at Christmas, use that anxiety to bring yourself closer to the Lord, to enter into that longing and that waiting. Suggestion number two. If you can't get away from the busyness of December, try at least to take all the things that you're doing and remember that the purpose 
is encounter and experience, not a to-do list. Decorating the house, for example, can be a task, something I have to get done before people come over. Or it can be an experience. This is something I want to do with my family. I want to share the memories of all of these decorations with those that I love. I want to spend this time together talking and encountering and experiencing. It's in those moments of experience that we find each other in the Lord. Or maybe you have all of these different Christmas parties you have to go to. That's fine. Go to the parties. But remember, you're there not because you have to be, not because it's a duty to somebody, but you're there to have that moment. It's in these moments, these experiences, that we truly live life, where we are most fully in that conversation that we have with the Lord in our humanity, that push and pull between the transcendent and the imminent. It's in those moments that we truly live. To connect all of this back to the Gospel, the Lord says... Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy, we might use the word numb today, from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. The reason it's so important that we make these time for these moments and these encounters and these broadening horizons is because if we're living life, if we're in that conversation with the Lord and our humanity constantly, then we will not be caught surprised. It's when we're looking at the near term, when we're always living for something that's just out of reach, that we become surprised by what's happening in the moment, that we enter into, in a figurative way, these tribulations that the Lord describes. Something is going on now, but we're looking then. If instead we can live now, in that conversation with the Lord and humanity, we can live now, we won't be surprised. Because we're constantly waiting for, living with the Lord. And when he comes, it will be just like any other moment, any other day.